My name is Scott Challoner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on what is a very windy and cool winter morning here in the capital, but the sun is out and it's a very bright day. And hopefully joining me on the programme to add even more brightness and warmth to affairs is Liz Dearden, Director and Co-Owner at Easement Solutions Limited. Uh, Liz, very warm welcome to yourself and by all means, thank you ever so much for joining us on the show today. Good morning and you're very welcome. It's a real pleasure having you alongside me, Liz. Now, just um, for the regular listeners uh, tuning into the show that might not be familiar with yourself and your business, you're a specialist in the negotiation of sort of easements, transfers and leases on behalf of the utility sector, I believe I'm right in saying, aren't you? That's right, yeah. Gas, electricity, uh, fibre and water. Fantastic. So I can imagine that given the current climate, of course, with sort of soaring utilities bills especially, you've sort of got, got quite a lot on at the moment, I suppose, haven't you? Uh, there's plenty going on for sure. Absolutely. Uh, what we're seeing is a huge, in fact, we're busier than we've ever been at the moment, uh, largely because the the electric car market is really taking off now and that's providing us with quite a lot of work in terms of um, making sure there are charging points available in all sorts of different venues, so whether it's uh, pub car parks, council car parks, forecourts, uh, that's keeping us quite busy. But also there's a lot of building work going on at the moment, so there's a lot of residential areas that we're providing the, uh, the loan rights to the utility companies for as well. Yeah, so plenty going on for certain, and this is essentially something that's come about sort of immediately in the wake of the uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, and I know, albeit we're not out of the situation yet, that's obviously brought a raft of operational challenges all its own, I suppose, over the last couple of years. So what's it been like sort of trying to navigate that thus far from sort of a business perspective? It provided us with quite a lot of challenges, um, some which we had kind of been considering anyway that moved us to uh, consider a bit quicker than we maybe would have done. One was that uh, working from home. And I think that was the biggest challenge, actually. The land registry doesn't allow for, um, or didn't at the time allow for electronic signatures. And so we were always having to provide wet ink signatures on documents. So there was no possibility of you know, being able to completely work from home. But we were able to move the majority of staff to work from home. Uh, it took... It was quite rushed in the end because of the way that the government did the announcements. But I think for us, the writing had been on the wall, so we started to put things in place. It wasn't quite so chaotic as I think it might have been for other businesses. But that was the biggest challenge, making sure that people were able to work from home and continue what they were doing, but also having to be able to get into the office so that those who were able to sign documents were able to do so. Um, The other thing was trying to get hold of people who were also in a similar situation. So... Mm. There were firms of solicitors that we were dealing with that, that you know, the bigger firms were, were probably a bit more up to speed and a bit quicker, but some of the smaller firms that we dealt with were a bit slower to get off the mark with that. The utility companies, of course, um, were obviously at the first lockdown were not able to come and work at all. So that did slow things up for us initially. But what we found was, um, I mean, I had really thought that we would go into almost like a, a standstill but in reality, there were projects that have been on hold for quite some time that people then found the time to go back and reconsider and work towards getting those older projects over the line. So in reality, we never actually slowed down at all, not, not from the word go. 
Mm. So yeah, one or two sort of positives then, I suppose, to uh, to come from the uh, the situation and. Just because as well, Liz, you talked about kind of the work from home scenario where obviously deploying everybody and making sure that they were sort of ready to uh, to do whatever tasks they needed to do. Um, obviously, that was quite a challenge. But then once that was all in place, would you say that it kind of prompted also a change in leadership style and approach from you as well in terms of being able to lead your team whilst everybody wasn't sort of physically together? Because that can be quite difficult, can't it? Just keeping in touch sort of from a distance and making sure that everybody yeah, is being productive. Absolutely. And I think there's an assumption, um, and maybe there was a little bit on my part when we started this, that, you know, we just do exactly what we did only at home and that the face-to-face contact maybe wasn't quite as important. As it turned out, the challenges of managing a remote team were quite significant and I think I had underestimated that when we first started doing the work from home. Mm. We implemented a couple of things which, um, so we had um, tea breaks at 10.30 and everyone, you know, we did we used WhatsApp to kind of communicate and we did the same in the afternoon with coffee breaks that we, you know, to try and keep in touch with people. We used um, Microsoft Teams quite extensively for chat lines and conversations but what I found was um, Originally, we didn't have cameras on, for instance, and I was unable to read the body language of people who were saying one thing, perhaps, because they were slightly worried. And I think people had a lot of concerns then, particularly in the early stages, about uh, you know what this was going to mean for them long term. So I think there was a, an anxiety around not wanting to be honest about saying if they were struggling or things were maybe a little bit difficult. And obviously, we had situations where people were trying to host for their children, so we had to be flexible about how they worked with their working time. So somebody who maybe worked for us for school hours or, you know, we had to then think, okay, so obviously she's got to try and work out how Mm. she can homeschool her children as well as be able to keep up with her work. And it was trying to adapt to that quite quickly. So, and also be aware of issues that maybe other members of the team weren't aware of. So somebody who lived on their own, you were suddenly realised they were completely isolated, they never saw anybody at all, and against somebody who had, was trying to homeschool children of different ages, didn't have enough, you know, laptops to go around so that everybody had one each, you know, those sorts of things, which um, I don't think, I certainly haven't considered that everybody had their own issues and difficulties, and trying to manage that, and their expectations, keep morale up, um, mm. while all the time dealing with you know, things that were changing quite quickly at the, at the outset. You know, we were, uh, like many others, I imagine, um, you know, at 5 p.m. for the daily briefings, huddled around the TV waiting to see what the next announcement was going to be and how, you know, the sorts of things we could be looking at long term and the difficulties we might have faced. So it was quite challenging managing the team remotely and not what some of the things that came up weren't things that I would have expected. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of challenges, aren't there, when it comes to sort of watching out for morale and making sure that everybody is okay, sort of from that perspective, from a distance. Um, But it's important as well, isn't it, to when, you know, you're sort of in a leadership role and you're taking on that responsibility to also take that step back as and when you need to as well, because CEO burnout, director burnout, it's a very, very real issue. And when, you know, Mm. you're in the thick of crisis management mode, I suppose, that that can sort of put the pile on the pressure and you can start to feel that, can't you, I suppose? Yeah, definitely. I think I was really lucky in that I don't run the business on my own. Um, I have a really good uh, co-director who I work with and that, I think, meant that we shared a lot so that on days when maybe I was feeling a bit 
tired of it and um, and not so enthusiastic. It often coincided with the day where she had a little bit more energy or was a little bit more able to pick up some of the slack. You know, it worked quite well in that respect. And also, I think um, it, it was starting to, you know, you have to literally do have to sort of step back sometimes. And one of the things that I did find was, um, you know, the exercise when you were only allowed out for a day, an hour a day, you did use that hour a day and go out and do that. But sometimes when things are really busy, you don't often take the time to do that. And that was the time where I'd often go and do my thinking and, and worry about, or not try not to worry, but, you know, plan for what was going to come up. Yeah, certainly understand where you're coming from from that uh, perspective. And I can imagine that from this experience of sort of managing through COVID so far, you probably actually learned quite a lot about sort of yourself as well as your team, haven't you? Um, because it has been a period of kind of self-reflection, I suppose. And there are some real positives, I guess, that we can sort of take forward despite sort of the tragedy and the difficulty associated with the pandemic. Is that something you'd say applies to you? Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think time will tell. and Maybe we're still living it a bit here at the moment. And I think that we haven't got to the time where we can mm. say, actually, I mean, I, I can look and say in the short term, this was good, this was good, this was good. But over the longer period, I think we haven't got to that point where I can say this is, you know, specifics. But small, we did definitely have some, you know, some good wins in terms of I realised that actually what a great team I have here, you know, how hard people worked. And now they did try to pull together. And that, I think, was maybe the biggest and best thing I learned. Yeah, certainly. Um, actually, how, yeah, mm. that when the chips were down, people really did, they were keen to make this succeed, really keen to work and try and, and you know, and, and they did really pull it out of the bag. Yeah, no, I can certainly sort of relate to what you're saying as well when you say that, you know, we're not sort of out of the pandemic yet, despite the fact that social restrictions are almost gone in England. Uh, you know, there are still many sort of symptoms, let's say, of the uh, the pandemic that are affecting many, many businesses out there. And, one sort of real yeah. significant impact of that as well as the very difficult recruitment environment that there is out there also and that's something that sort of your business i understand is obviously trying to overcome as well and it's the same across several sectors isn't it um i think coming out of it and it's interesting you raised that issue of you know there are no restrictions there aren't any restrictions but just as a for instance this morning i've got one of my team who's just message to say that her child has tested positive so mm. Although there are no restrictions, we're still dealing with the fallout of it. I've got another member of staff who's just come back today, having had both her children with COVID and her. So although there are no restrictions, we're still seeing the difficulties of dealing with it, um, you know, in the immediacy. You know, it's not like it's something that that's why, you know, when you say, you know, can you start to reflect on it? I still feel like we're very much living it. Um, so it's, that's why I say we're not. We're not out of the woods really here. And I think because, I don't know if it's geographic where we live, we were, you know, I know there were higher rates in, in cities and maybe because we're more rural, we weren't affected by some of the the higher rates. But now I'm seeing evidence of it, whereas we had no incidence of the actual, um, you know, COVID infection here in the team until quite recently. The recruitment has been really, really difficult. I think even from a really practical point of view, you know, not being able to interview people in person, uh, we did remote interviews and sometimes quite difficult and very stilted, whereas to, you lose that um, where people can be quite, 
I don't even mean when they're nervous, but when they're you, you lose the small talk, if you like, the sort of the, the easygoing sort of, you know, uh, there's no point, easy point of reference when someone's the other side of a screen and they're, you know, clearly trying to impress at an interview. It's quite stilted and it's not quite so natural. So I felt it quite difficult to be able to get to know somebody better. I think also um, we've tried to be really... Um, uh, you know, flexible in terms of, you know, we've now got people who are solely based at home, but in reality, what we're still looking for is maybe a hybrid of people that work partly at home and partly in, in the office. But even even allowing for that, is, you know, trying to give people the flexibility, is trying to tap into a market and trying to find where you can find those members of staff. It's, it's not, I've, that's been really difficult. Mm, yeah, I can imagine certainly, and I suppose that's a challenge that's still going to be sort of very much lingering on the horizon as well as we sort mm. of move through this uh, this new year and try to sort of embrace the challenges of what hopefully will be the post-COVID world now that we're sort of emerging from the acute phase of everything. Um, and yeah. while we are sort of getting to grips with that, Liz, um, just before we sort of wrap things up on the programme today, um, I'd be interested to understand what some of your priorities and ambitions are going to be over this next 12 months and what is it as a business are you really hoping to achieve? Um, that's a really good question. And I think that's the sort of thing that we just haven't had time to do because we literally have been trying to survive the first sort of, mm-hmm. you know, the first year. You know, 2020 was very much reaction. 2020 was learning to live with it. And it's only now that we're starting to think, okay, where are we going to go with this? Um, we've definitely, I think, in terms of the business, we're definitely over the worst. And I have no fears that, you know, we're in imminently in danger or anything like that, which I genuinely felt in the, you know, the first lockdown. But as far as long-term plans, I think what I'd really like is a secure and stable workforce, which, you know, because the value of our business is really in the quality of the people that work for, the, you know, work for us. And so that's really always my priority. But particularly at the moment, now we're trying to sort of, um, you know, establish new ways of working and different ways of doing things. Yes, yeah, so it's going to, to be cope with yeah. the environment. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be very interesting for you over the uh, the next twelve months. Then, as you sort of get to grips with all of that, and uh, hopefully, like I say, there'll be some real positive news to share at some point in this uh, next twelve months. As hopefully, you know, the that kind of survival mentality and the fact that you're still sort of in the thick of things that starts to subside, and you can start to really sort yeah, of reflect absolutely. and focus. Yeah, and. I think as we start to see yeah. the mist kind of clearing in that respect, um, I'd actually relish the opportunity to sort of catch up and welcome you back onto the show and just see sort of how things are getting on at Term Easement Solutions because it's been really enjoyable and really enlightening, Liz, having you on, join us on the show today to talk through some of the challenges you're facing and, like I say, wish you all the luck in the world in sort of addressing those over the uh, the next few months and years. Thanks very much. Be delighted to come back. It would be wonderful to having you back on the, uh, the programme. I've thoroughly enjoyed having you with us and uh, also as well, goes without saying do take care and do stay safe with all that's still going on because as we've said we're not quite out of the woods yet but fingers crossed the better days are ahead of us absolutely thanks very much indeed thanks for your time it was an immense pleasure welcoming liz deard and director and co-owner at easement solutions limited onto today's program and i do hope that all of you tuning in thoroughly enjoyed the interview 
Um, if you have been listening today and you feel, of course, that you might have your own business, your own organisation with its own story of success and innovation to share with us here at the Leaders Council, then by all means, we want to hear from you. So why don't you apply to be on the programme via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. And it could, of course, be you alongside me next. Um, remember, everybody, please do take care and do stay safe with all still going on. Until next time to all of our regular listeners. Goodbye.